0: welcome to the wolverine confidential podcast i'm ryan
1: zook Amir mcmahon
0: saline five-star quarterback cj carr the grandson of former michigan football coach lloyd carr has made his college decision and he did not choose the wolverines on this episode of wolverine confidential we break down carr's commitment to notre dame and what it means for jim harbaugh's program moving forward plus no michigan hockey at the great lakes invitational for the first time since 1973. Aaron, good to be with you. No Andrew today, but uh, yeah, figured You know what? Let's do a, Let's do another pod this week. There is there's enough news here to to discuss, and um, for the on the recruiting front, big big news on Thursday night as CJ Carr, like we said in the intro, the grandson of former Michigan coach Lloyd Carr. Obviously been a part of the the Michigan family, Michigan program for a while. He uh, decides to go to Notre Dame um, instead of uh, chose the Irish over four other finalists, uh, Michigan State, Wisconsin, Georgia, LSU, and Michigan. Um, And on the surface, it seems like quite a bit of a surprise, but... Uh, We'll get into more of his decision uh, in a little bit. But what was your kind of reaction after watching that that commitment ceremony and, and him choosing the Irish?
1: Well, I wasn't, I guess, totally surprised because if you've been following this recruitment at all in the last few months, I mean, the crystal balls and the predictions were certainly leaning toward Notre Dame. So, you know, if you've been following it, it wasn't a surprise. But, you know, optically someone maybe in the outside or someone perfectly, you know, paying attention to Michigan recruiting and just kind of, you know, you, you pay attention as they could pop up. I think you see this and you think, what the, like this shouldn't be happening. And, <laughs> and that seemed to be the reaction on social media when the announcement came down yesterday afternoon, you know, they're like this, this shouldn't be happening. Why did Michigan allow this to happen? Um, and, you know, in every, every, you know, did, you know, every, you know, option just like that. So, it, it's a, it's a blow for Michigan. I, th- I think from just from optic standpoint, you, you know, someone in your backyard, miles away from campus, the grandson of arguably one of the, you know, the best you know coaches of all time, the football program should be going to Michigan. Um, but, you know, it, it's a different, it's a different ballgame, you know, kids these days want to blaze their own path. And that certainly sounds like something that, um, that he, that he wanted to do. CJ wanted to do. And he made that pretty apparent in his reasoning. Um, but I'm not shocked. I mean, it, it happens. This isn't the first time it's happened. Not just in Michigan, but other programs, and it certainly won't be the last. You know, he he had his own decision to make, and it certainly sounds like his parents weren't you know going to force him to go to Michigan. I don't like I don't like you can, um, but it is what it is. I mean, he made his decision. Uh, it, it's important to point out here, and I think I mentioned this last week when we brought this up. But there's still a very long time between now and when he you know eventually signs his national letter of intent.
0: Potentially, potentially, there is always a chance he reclassifies to twenty twenty
1: three. Yeah, that that is that. That's right. That's it's a good point. That has come up. That's certainly a possibility, which obviously would shorten the timeline here, and obviously give Michigan or any other school, I guess for that for that matter, less time to try and re-recruit him. Um, but I have to think, if you're Michigan, you, you certainly don't close the door on him. Um, certainly, you know especially if things go south this year with, with Notre Dame and there's no reason to believe that may happen, but you know, with new coaching staff, new head coach um, things, things never, you know, there's always that possibility. So we'll see Um, not surprised, but at the same token, it, it, it's hard to sugarcoat it. You know, you can't, I don't think you can explain it away. I don't think you can try and, you know, uh, you know, you know, spin it positively because I don't think it is. It's, it's one of those things where Michigan. You're, it's a five-star quarterback in your backyard with every tie to Michigan possible you know his parents went to michigan they're still involved in the michigan program his his grandpa's still around obviously so it's i don't know it, it's certainly a blow from a, from from an optics standpoint
0: yeah n- number 20 overall recruit in the 2024 class number 5 quarterback I mean, he would be right up there with, with J.J. McCarthy level land at the quarterback position. Um, and, you know, it's not to say that, that Michigan can't land a, another big fish, but before we move on to to what's next for Michigan, I mean, I, the comments I kind of found surprising were, I mean, so like, I've talked to C.J. a couple of times during his recruitment. I know Greg Wycliffe, our, our Ann Arbor guy, has talked with him as well, and he always said, like, look, I'm not going to let let my my family history influence my decision. But the the for him to come out and say yesterday, it's like Michigan never. I mean, basically said Michigan and Michigan State were never truly in the running because he he always wanted to move away from home and, and play college football. That was a little bit a little bit surprising to me because I, I I know Michigan's recruited him hard. Um, he's always spoke highly of, of Michigan, um, and Michigan was one of his, his first offers as well. So yeah, for him to basically say, "Yeah, mission never was serious in serious consideration," I'm sure Wolverines fans didn't like that. But again. It, it, it's his decision. Like the, these high school prospects that they, they have the power to make their own decision. There's nothing wrong with, with wanting to, to try something different, wanting to get out of the, the spotlight a little bit of, of, I mean, that, that would be a lot of pressure put on the kid if he, if he played at Michigan too. So, and, and again, if you look at Notre Dame's recruiting classes in 2023 and 2024, they are absolutely killing it right now. The number one overall ranked class in 2023 and they still don't even have a quarterback in that class, which makes me think, think, hey, maybe, uh, maybe they'll really try and push CJ to to reclassify because he's actually older than Dante Moore, the the five star quarterback out of Detroit Martin Luther King in the twenty twenty three class. So that that is definitely a, a real possibility, and like you said, would cut into the timeline for for other schools to try and flip him um but yeah a little bit uh, surprising on that front to to see um that that Michigan was made, not really in consideration as
1: many people thought yeah and you, and you wonder if he explained that or told that communicated that to the Michigan staff and maybe the Michigan state staff from the beginning i i, I don't know um but just, just to clarify he told when he when he made his announcement last night thursday night he did it on cbs sports hq and you know, he was asked about Michigan and, and the relationship there and everything, and he said, "Quote: Michigan will will always hold a close place in my heart and my family's heart, but I never really could see myself going to college inside the state of Michigan or close to my hometown." So, you, yeah, he's insinuating there that Michigan was never in really consideration. Michigan State was never really seriously considered. Um, you know, which I I think if you're if you're if you're a part of the Michigan staff, it's kind of a blow because I, I know they did spend serious time and effort in trying to you know convince him to come to Michigan. Um, and that's why I, I wonder how much of that was communicated to the staff. Maybe it was, I, I don't know. Um, now there were some people on social media and I think some folks who hear that statement think, well, he's only going 150 miles away from home. Is he really leaving, you know, is he really leave, you know, leaving too far from home? And, you know, I, I, think there's that, they look at folks, look at that and think, you know, well, you know, what, what does that mean? But I, I can tell you, you know, I think there's a stark difference in going two and a half hours away from home compared to being 30 minutes on the road, you know, I, I did sure. it for, for I you know, I would. I Me mean, and you Michigan.
0: both did it. Yeah. We, 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 I yeah. mean, we both went to central Michigan, which was probably like a, two two and a half hour drive from from where we grew up so yeah like it's right and you definitely didn't feel like you couldn't just go in your car for a day or two you like you would have to go home and spend a weekend because you don't want to drive two and a half hours to to go home and and turn around again so i i I think it's definitely far enough away from home to it's it's a big difference literally 10 miles compared to two and a half three hours for for notre dame so and yeah, go ahead. You know, like your
1: parents aren't breathing down your neck and, and everything right. else. So I, I do think it's far enough away from home for him to, I think, justify his statement because yes, he can come home on a weekend or whatever the case may be, but he's not right down the road. So it is, I think, far enough. And it's clear that in, in his statements, he said, you know, he fell in love with Notre Dame pretty early on. I think he said he was, um, you know, he's ready to commit back in spring, like March or April. And, they, and his his dad kind of pushed him to hold off and, and take some more visits and and let the process play out a little bit longer to see if there was another school that maybe, you know, jived his interest or, or whatever the case may be. Now, I, I don't know this to be a fact, but I would assume, you know, his dad and his mom were secretly hoping maybe at some point, you know, things would change and maybe he would pick Michigan. Um, but obviously it didn't happen. You know, he, he's he been, it sounds like he's been stuck in her name for a long time. He's, he's, he, he, he praised the coaching staff. He praised South Bend, Indiana. He seems to like the culture and the, and the program there. Uh, and, and there was really nothing that was going to pull him away from that. And you know, when a kid had his kid has his heart and his mindset on some school or some place, it's it, a lot of times it's hard to, to pull that away. So you know, it is what it is. Michigan and Notre Dame are very similar programs, not only in the football perspective but academic perspective as well. Notre Dame is very respected. Uh, so, you know, it, it, it came down to, I, I think him staying close to home or going a little bit further away from home. And as he said, blazing, blazing his own path and that kind of following in his, his grandfather and his parents' footsteps. And you know you got to respect it. it. It is what it is.
0: Right, and then you mentioned what the the Michigan coaching staff and and, and their thoughts on it. And so, great, great Wickliffe, our Ann Arbor reporter, was there yesterday and talked to CJ afterwards and sent me this quote. And uh, yeah, I mean, he he said uh, regarding Michigan coaching staff that I think they understood. I talked to Coach Mike Hart, and he was the same way as me. He was by Syracuse, and he never wanted to go to the school he grew up in, so he understood what I was feeling. I love Coach Hart, Coach Ron Bellamy, Coach Matt Weiss, and Coach Harbaugh. So, yeah, it looks like that was communicated to, to Michigan. I don't know how early in the process, but, um, yeah, it, it's uh, definitely a big blow. And I'm sure some listeners right now are like, I can't, they're, they're, there's no positivity to this. With these, The Aaron and Ryan are just crapping all over the Michigan program. What we're, we're, we're missions flailing on the recruiting trail? We're about to give you a little bit of positivity here. It's not all doom and gloom. Michigan can still land an elite quarterback in one of these next two cycles because what this does mean is it looks like now Michigan is going to even put even more of a full court press on Dante Moore like we said the, the five star quarterback out of uh Detroit Martin Luther King and for the longest time it seemed like Notre Dame was the front runner there but now that CJ Carr is uh, is headed there I've been I've been told that Notre Dame is basically just going to stop recruiting them. So it it takes one contender uh, away from from the more sweepstakes. I mean, Michigan still has a long way to go. Uh, But if you would have to think that their chances are improving a little bit, he just took another visit to Michigan here um, in the past couple of weeks. Uh, been been to campus many times. I, we mentioned this on the last podcast. Uh, Mission was his his first offer in in middle school. So <laughs> Jim Harbaugh has liked the kid for for years and years. He's evolved into an uber prospect, number twelve overall recruit this this cycle. Um, I, he can do it with his legs. Has an awesome arm, accurate. Um, so he he's the big fish this cycle, the number one overall cr- recruit or target uh, um, among any position. And we'll, we'll see w- what happens. I mean, it's definitely not a slam dunk. There's there's Texas A&M, there's LSU, there's Oregon. Uh, Miami's still pushing a little bit. So there's some other schools to fight off. But you would think that, that Michigan's chances improved a little bit to to land Dante Moore.
1: Yeah, I, I think if, if Michigan can land Dante Moore, uh, and that would be 2023, this coming year, right? I mean, yeah, yes. this, this next class, I think all would be forgotten on the C.J. Carr front because it, it, the, the realistic expectation and i think the the reality of the situation now especially with nil and recruiting and everything else is as long as you can land one elite quarterback maybe every other recruiting class i think you're in good shape because when you start landing back you know five star after five star every class that creates you know competition and, and and the competition isn't a bad thing but when the when the, the landscape of things where the transfer portal is easier than ever and guys are leaving look well, um, at ohio
0: state <laughs> they've but, been yeah, exactly. five stars left and right and, and they've had a few guys leave so yeah it's been, not always leave. the <laughs> the right path to just bring in all the top quarterback year after year because it's tough to keep them all
1: happy Bingo, and that used to be, I think, the 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 approach. And I think things things have changed now. So I think if you can land one every other year, and look at Michigan land JJ McCarthy two classes ago, now if they can land a you know a premier quarterback, whether that's a high four or even Dante Moore five this year, they'll be they'll be fine, you know. And they and they wouldn't necessarily need to land or, or an elite quarterback in twenty twenty four either, assuming you know they can keep Dante Moore in the, and JJ McCarthy in the fold. So, um, you know, all is not the The world isn't ending right now. Michigan obviously needs to continue. They need to press, like you said, on Dante Moore and, and land him or someone of his caliber. Um, you know, otherwise, yeah, the, I think the the boo birds and the crit, the criticisms will, criticism will continue to come out because right now, obviously, the Michigan fan base isn't really happy with with recruiting so far. I think they're shaking their head with CJ Carr, you know, the decision and not being able to land him. But there there are other fish in the sea. They can land some other folks. I think they probably will. I just got to give it some time here, but um, you know, it's certainly a, a, it's a blow, but I don't think it's the end all be all. either.
0: Yeah. I mean, recruiting momentum is a real thing. And you look at what Notre Dame has done and compared to to Michigan too, Michigan has not landed a commit since March. Like that is just unheard of considering it's just baffling considering they, they went to the college football playoff last year and they don't have any Recruits had yeah, in the 2024 class. So, yeah, it, it is a, a long drought right now. And it, I mean, this is a huge visit month for Michigan. I'm sure they'll land uh, a couple guys, but uh, again, you, you want to build some momentum, and, and a quarterback's a great way to do that. So, I mean, yeah, for you, would, if you're Michigan, you would like to get a guy in the 2023 class. like you said, you, you, JJ McCarthy will be a junior by the time this, that if Dante Moore comes in, he would be a junior, and maybe Dante could. Play behind them for a year, and, and then take the reins after that. If you wait till twenty twenty four, it's it, there's a, a kind of a a year gap there where I mean, or you're gonna get, give the reins to a, a freshman quarterback to start. Obviously, you, you never know with development for some of the current guys on uh, on on the roster right now. But yeah, it's it's a tough situation. But twenty twenty four, there's a lot of good quarterbacks that Michigan's in the mix to. It wasn't just CJ Carr, this this Jaden Davis. A kid from Providence Day School in Charlotte, North Carolina, he just took a visit to to Michigan this past weekend um, with uh, with his teammate, whose dad is a, a former Wolverine. Um, so <laughs> that's uh, and it looks like Michigan's in a good spot for for him, and and he does have the potential to possibly, maybe reclassify to twenty twenty three. Uh, Julian Sain from from California, another five star, Michigan's in the mix for. Uh, this Michael Van Buren, uh, a four-star and, and top 150 guy out of St. Francis Academy in Baltimore. Obviously, Michigan has a had a ton of success recruiting out of there with, with the Biff-Pogey connection. So there, there's some options in that 2024 class um, now that that Michigan missed out on CJ Carr. But you you got to land at least one of these big fish um, because we we know how important the quarterback position is.
1: And look, before they brought in Ron Bellamy, before they brought back Mike Hart, I mean, that was a knock against Michigan, right? They had trouble recruiting inside the state of Michigan, especially the elite guys. Um, and they started to make some headway last year. Um, and I thought, there, I think there was this assumption that, you know, now that they had won the Big Ten championship and they got to the playoff, they'd be able to kind of capitalize on that and, you know, be that dominant in-state program from a recruiting perspective. And they haven't really been able to do it yet now. I don't know if anyone's really made inroads. Michigan State's certainly still going to the transfer portal and still looking outside the state. Um, but Michigan's – they, there's elite talent here again. I mean, there's some quarterbacks. There's there's some good players. Michigan's got to land some of them, and I think it starts this year. They've they've got to uh, find some momentum somehow. I don't know what's going to happen, but they need this. As you mentioned, this is a big big month for recruiting, big weekend this weekend and then next weekend. Um, so they they come you know Fourth of July weekend and after that. Um, you're going to start seeing some commit commitments here. If you're in Michigan, you, you get a little worried because they, we can remember it's important to put things in context. Yes. They had some coaching staff changes so that that kind of automatically resets things Just from an approach perspective and a relationship perspective. Remember a lot of these kids are committing. Sometimes it's obviously for that coach. Sometimes it's for the school, but a lot of times it's the relationships they built with some of these assistant coaches. You hear it time and time again with recruits after they commit, I committed because of this, com- this assistant. Uh, so Michigan's got to find that momentum again. I, I don't know how how it's how they kind of reignite it, uh, but I think once you start seeing one or two guys come in, it'll certainly be a cascading effect.
0: You, you mentioned talent in, in Michigan's backyard. There's going to be three straight classes with a, a five-star quarterback in the state of Michigan with, with Dante Moore in 2023, Carr in 2024, and this Bryce Underwood kid out of Belleville who could uh, could be ranked higher than both of them. He uh, he is an absolute stud. Um, to, and he'll, he's not an officially a five-star yet. The, the uh, rankings haven't come out yet, but he, he's on track to, to be one of the the top recruits overall nationally. So to, to strike out on three in-state quarterbacks, if you're, your are Michigan, that would be a tough pill to swallow, but a lot of time left in, in, in all three cycles, even the 2023 cycle for, for Michigan to, to build things up. But, yeah, at this point, things look pretty grim. We'll see if things change here in, in the next couple months.
1: Yeah, uh, crucial next, like I said, next month or two. Uh, we'll see where things go. Y- you'd like to think they'd find a momentum. I mean, they're coming off their best season ever under Jim Harbaugh. You know, times have never been been better for, for the Michigan football program. Um, it's time that they kind of, um, you know, land some guys on the recruiting trails as, as a result.
0: Most definitely. So let's transition here to – some hockey news real quick. Um, no, it's not, uh, not Mel Pearson's contract, but, uh, also surprising is, uh, Michigan hockey will not be a part of the Great Lakes Invitational for the first time since 1973. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's a little bit surprising, but then when you know what happened at, at last year's, tournament it's they they create a lot of controversy by canceling their their game against western michigan uh even before they they played the night before against michigan tech and stated to a zero zero tie um so i mean yeah it's it's moving to the tournament's moving to the west side of the state for the first time it'll be held at, at Grant, uh van andel december 27th and 28th Twenty eighth, and it will be four Michigan schools, just not the Wolverines. So, uh, Michigan Tech and, and Michigan State are the other two staples that are traditionally always in in the in the tournament, and then uh Ferris State and Western Michigan will will round out the the fourteen field this year. And uh, Michigan will, yeah, I mean, it's not. It, it, I reached out to Michigan Tech and, and Michigan to kind of get their their thoughts on it and um, the reasoning be- behind it, and it sounds like it was kind of a, a mutual decision. Uh, Michigan. It's it's a tough time for for Michigan to, to play in those holiday tournaments because they traditionally have some of their top players not available. They're gone playing uh, at the World Junior Championships. So last year they were missing five guys, and and they cite then they cited health and safety protocols is why they they canceled their their game against Western Michigan, and because uh, they were a little bit short handed. But it's still that they've always found a way to, to find enough bodies to to, to to compete in this tournament. And when it sounded like they wanted things, either dates to be a little bit different or, or have more input in the tournament and Michigan Tech, who's the host, was kind of like, oh, well, I mean, Ferris and Western are, are clear candidates because they're they're on the west side of the state and, and a short commute for for their fans. So will this go in that direction. So it seems like it was pretty mutual, um, but still kind of shocking nonetheless.
1: Yeah. What'd you say? First time since 1973. Is that what it was? Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty incredible. Right. Yeah. And I think if you read between the lines and again, this is me speculating, but it sounds like Michigan tech and the other schools weren't happy with the way things turned out last year with Michigan's. So I don't know if this is retribution or what, but clearly there's, you know, there, there wasn't a uh, defining interest in having uh michigan in the tournament this year so it is what it is uh like you said a little surprising just because it's been so long this michigan hasn't played in this thing um but you know it, from the sounds of things michigan wasn't too broken up about it either so i i don't know it's uh fascinating to watch or fascinating story number one.
0: and which is unfortunate is just with with the event has kind of lost uh some of its uh glitz a little bit too over the years i mean when when my dad played for Tech in the 80s, I mean, that was a, he, like they would look forward to GLI every year. Um, Joe Lewis Arena would, would sell out sometimes even and it would be some some raucous atmospheres. And now these days with all the college bowl games and just so many other things going on during the holiday season, it just uh, it doesn't seem like there's as much interest in it locally um, from ticket sales standpoint standpoint and, and television. It just doesn't seem like as big of a deal as it was back uh, back in the day. So may, maybe they'll find a way to to get the, to generate some more interest this year. We'll see how it does at a new venue, um, but but no, Michigan certainly, I'm sure will will affect the overall <laughs> the overall uh, tournament. So we'll we'll see what happens uh, as far as Mel Pearson. Oh yeah, he uh, yeah he still does not have a, a contract. We've been told that the Wilmer Hale report is done. Um, so and we tried to FOIA for that a freedom submitted a, a freedom of information act request, um, and that has been denied by the university. So yeah, right now we're we're still in limbo. But it has been over a month that Mish or Mel Pearson has been operating as the head coach without a contract. So the the saga rolls on, and hopefully we'll be able to find some more, get some more information here very quickly because yeah, it's almost summertime and Michigan still does not have an official head coach under contract.
1: With the con or with the, the investigation now complete, I suspect Michigan's probably getting close to making a decision here. They'll probably do some due diligence on their own end. Um and, But I think I've mentioned this in previous podcasts, but it certainly sound, sounded like Ward Manuel was waiting uh, for that report to end and make a decision on whether Inc. Mel Pearson another contract or, T- tell them to take a walk uh so some, yeah I, I suspect we'll find out here in the next probably month or two of what's, what's going to happen here because you can't you know you can't have a head coach operating under a con- under under no contract for a lengthy period of time because at some point it's going to start having a uh having a negative effect on, on your program with either through recruiting or, or or just the the noise from the media and the public and you know the donors and boosters asking questions so it, uh, something's got to come to a head here at some point it's a summer so it's a good good point to do it it's a good place to do it because things are going to start to slow down for ward and, and the staff there in michigan um but yeah that report if the report's in and done then i'd expect something up quickly here.
0: yeah talk about bad optics that this is definitely uh, not a good look for for the wolverines program but we'll see what happens we appreciate you listening and we will be back with you again next week for another episode